All right, everybody, welcome back to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Taxi Squad podcast. We are back tonight on Thursday, January 11th with your Week 15 preview. So without further ado, Jay, start up those fares and let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome in. We are your hosts and your five-hole taxi squad, Craig, Allen, and Jay, and we are back tonight with your week 15 preview for getting you prepped for next week and hopefully getting you off on the right foot for more victories on this Thursday, January 11th. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the pod. How are we doing tonight? Do better than some of these goalies tonight, man. Like you said, we need to bring back steroids and HGH. Oh man, like these I don't, opportunities galore though. Opportunities galore. One man's what's the phrase? One man's something is another man's blown groin is another man's opportunity. <laughs> One man's zero G is what 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 do we what do we have the next level below zero G being? Like negative one G? It's absolute zero <laughs> yeah, G. Absolute zero G. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, but yeah, damn, man. I'd love to do one of these shows with you guys where when I'm filling out the around the new the around the league notes and stuff, you know, it isn't like fourteen to twenty bullets long of injuries. That would be lovely, but we are not in that world uh this season. So as we always do, and what we are here to discuss tonight is the week 15 week preview to get you guys set and primed for your matchups heading into next week. As always, we will take the van cab around the league to look at injuries and news and notes and some storylines that have caught our eye over the last uh, 48 hours. We will then take you through the schedule optimization, our key streamers from a taxi squad perspective, and then we will, as we always do, we will look at a deeper dive into the strategy going into week 15. And then we'll end things off tonight with our streamers of the week uh, from each guy. And we will give a little update on our taxi squad streamer face off. Uh, so without further ado, let's strap in here and we got the fares running and we'll take the van cab around the league starting as we normally do in the infirmary. And as we said, off the hop, my Lord the endless list of, of injuries and before we get into the longer term ones we're going to start off on what the hell happened tonight and we start in ottawa who started anton forsberg uh in their game tonight and he left in the second period with a lower body injury and uh, we were talking offline is a right groin injury not a left corpusalo came in balls on that guy <laughs> corpusalo's <laughs> Corpusalo came in accordingly to replace him. Groin injuries probably four to six weeks at a minimum. So it's Corpusalo's net, whether the Senators like that or not. Whether you want to ride that and hope they turn a corner at some point, I don't suggest it because it just hasn't yielded anything. But that leads us right into another goalie that left his game tonight with an upper body injury, which was Kochekov of the Carolina Hurricanes was hit by a, a skater and it looked like could be a possible head injury. Not sure of the severity. Uh, perhaps he was just being evaluated for concussion. Hopefully that's the case because anti-retina has been awful. Uh, they, this is a goalie that was already put on waivers by the Canes. And as we all know, they are still without Freddie Anderson as well, who is out long-term with that blood clot situation. That takes us to another goalie that also left the game tonight uh, with an upper body injury. And I did not see the, the John Gibson, but John Gibson of the Anaheim Ducks, he left their game tonight. I did not see what happened to him, but like Anton Forsberg and Kachekov, he too had to be helped off the ice and helped down the tunnel. Lucas Dostal shares should increase, especially going into week 15 with the Ducks having four games with the very rare double back-to-back 
front ending and back ending the week, but I'll let Alan get into that a little bit more. The mystery of Aiden Hill continues with the Vegas Golden Knights. He was supposed to be back last night and starting. He was even announced as the starter all the way up until game time. And then all of a sudden he was not starting and apparently wasn't ready to return uh, from his stint on IR. That was the only update I could find, guys, that he wasn't ready to return. Uh, The two skaters from tonight that are important and fantasy relevant is Mark Shifley left the Jets game tonight with a lower body injury and did not return. I believe that was in the second period. This probably boosts fantasy value for the likes of Gabe Velarde, Cole Perfetti, Nino Niederreiter, all going to see a jump in time on ice. I'm not sure who would really take the 1C if Shifley misses time. It's probably Velarde at the start. Uh, he'll probably bump over, and that probably puts Nito Rider or Perfetti on the right wing on the top line. It definitely will put Perfetti back on power play one, um, and maybe this is what everybody's been waiting for from a Perfetti standpoint, boys. And then another one that we tried to find some further information, but there doesn't seem to even be why he left the game, but Tage Thompson from the Buffalo Sabres, he scored two goals tonight and then didn't finish the game. Alan did some digging before we jumped on, and uh, he was not available for post-game interviews. Uh, That's not necessarily a good sign. That generally means he's being evaluated for something, but what that something is, we do not know at this time. And God damn it, he was finally looking like he was going to break out and be a second-half producer. And he now is hurt again. I think he had like something like 13 points in his last 10 games uh, since he came back from his injury. So that is everything that happened in tonight's games. Now we go into the more long-term injury updates before we get into a couple storyline points. So we start with the Chicago Blackhawks. As everybody knows, Connor Bedard did break his jaw, but the update was he did undergo successful jaw surgery and his now has a set timeline of six to eight weeks. This does mean he will unfortunately miss the All-Star game, but like we talked about in his the original discussion on his injury, this does give him a chance to come back in the last few weeks of the regular season. This probably puts extreme limitations on his ability to be fantasy relevant moving forward and for your fantasy hockey playoffs. If you have him in Dynasty... Excellent for you. You hold on tight and enjoy him next year. Uh, But in redraft leagues, probably it's time to find a replacement. Stashing him doesn't really help you win now or pursue a championship this year. I would probably say hold on if you're in a keeper league and you can stash him on IR plus or IR. And this one hurt deep down, boys, because I got excited after the Jamie Drysdale trade in Anaheim. And as you guys know, my couple team has been a work in progress and I'm trying to dig myself out of the basement in tier eight in couple. And I went and spent a large sum of my remaining fab budget on Pavel Minchikov before last night's game in which he did have a power play assist and then he got hurt. Well, that unfortunately has led to today's diagnosis and he will be out a minimum of six weeks with a separated shoulder. Thank you, fantasy hockey gods, and ensuring that everybody being hyped up about Minty and his opportunity be zapped away from all of us almost instantaneously. And that being said, his teammate, Trevor Zegrist, also out now long-term from the same game, going awkwardly into the boards, he suffered a broken ankle and will require surgery and is now out six to eight weeks. Let me tell you, boys, just a brutal season for Trevor Zegras. Uh, health-wise, fantasy-wise, real hockey-wise, the kid has so much talent but just never was able to get going this year because he couldn't stay healthy. So this is just brutal luck for the two young studs that in Anaheim. But I think in redraft you can easily move on from these two because they probably don't hold much fantasy relevance uh, for teams that are vying for their league championships at this point with these long-term diagnosis. A couple more. Josh Norris of the Ottawa Senators 
missed tonight's game and he's being up evaluated for an upper body injury. Now I did see an update on his status. It looks like he's being evaluated for concussion. If I'm not mistaken, this would be his third in three years. Couple that with his shoulder issue. Uh, this is not good for Josh Norris. As we mentioned with the Forsberg injury, this is an entirety of a team that is completely struggling right now. But Josh Norris has actually not been very good this year, which is probably as expected, boys. Like that shoulder injury was brutal. It required surgery. And then another one that is crippling for me in the five-hole fantasy hockey listener league. I picked up Jeff Skinner. And then like six hours later, he was hurt. And then 10 hours later, he is now week to week with an upper body injury after Tuesday's game. So he is now currently out. Uh, They didn't put him on IR, but he's now week to week with this upper body injury. And he didn't skate at all today. It wasn't on the ice for practice, not even in a non-contact jersey. So I would imagine this is at least a two to four week exit for Jeff Skinner. Uh, who was actually riding his own hot streak. And then last but not least, Kel Sergachev continues to be week to week. According to John Cooper, there's no real indication that he'll be back anytime soon. Unless, Alan, you've got something other in sight. Nope, that was that was all the insight I was able to get today. He's still week to week. With all these damn injuries, you hold him and hope he comes back soon because there ain't much left in terms of viable you know, 1B defenseman at this point. Now, some positive news and storylines tra- story that caught our eyes over the last 48 hours. Uh, Jamie Drysdale did have his debut with the Flyers last night. He had a total of 19 minutes, 46 seconds time on ice, with one minute and one second being on the power play. That was on the second unit. Zamola? Zamola. Yeah, he sounds like the bad guy from like Captain America <laughs> Civil War or something. I was going to say he's like a James Bond bad guy. Zamola, he is coming to get you. But like Zamola still has power play one. And I even saw a quote from Torts that, you know, he's very happy with what Zamola is doing on PP1. So I don't see, at least in the short term future, that Jamie Jai still is going to get a crack on PP1 unless Torts goes back to the traditional 2D man. But he did have a very good debut. He did have an assist, uh, and it was a primary assist on the power play. He had two shots, one hit, and one block. I did, in fact, watch that game. And this that kid is an excellent skater. Like, he is a good young offensive defenseman. I don't know if you guys saw the reports, but I did. I saw Cutter Goche uh, did have an interview uh, with one of the Anaheim beat writers that has a podcast. And he did say that he intends to sign his ELC with Anaheim uh, when his current year with Boston College ends. But damn, Drysdale looked good in his debut with the Flyers, regardless of how things net out from a fantasy perspective. And then just a small note, they did lose tonight, but Max Pacioretty patches. He did score his first goal and he saw 17 minutes or just under 17 minutes time on ice and he was skating on line one with dylan strom and alex govechkin and he was on power play one he still hasn't shooting uh, a lot but hey he's off the schneid he's back and he scored uh so those that have been hanging on tight and if they did decide to start him tonight he's showing his first sign of life with his two robot feet all right god damn maybe the weekend preview next week will have less injuries guys i don't know i really don't know because the van cab can't handle the capacity of these injuries every show no with our luck more people get injured so they can get the weekend off it's just the only person that enjoys this is jay because he can put people on his ir plus and he can stream more you know third line wingers that go off for him in a week but hey this changes the complexity over the next two weeks with all these goalies going down of zero G. And what did you call it, Alan? Now we're going into absolute zero absolute G. zero G territory. We're going to go into third string and backup goalies now becoming one A's, at least in the interim for a lot of these teams. Here we go. More goalie talk. My favorite. <laughs> I mean, you can't go. I mean, not you can't go, but. Obviously, nobody wants injuries, but undoubtedly, the opportunities that 
come and arise when opportunities float up. And I think injuries are one and poor play is the other, right? Like injuries in some ways, you know, open up so many doors and so many avenues. Like there aren't that many terrible Buffalo, terrible Anaheim teams where those managers and GMs and presidents are looking to save their own skins and hold themselves off from chopping chopping blocks and fires, right? So in some ways, unfortunately, yeah, these guys and their injuries offer up so many new streaming potential players. But anywho, we'll we'll dive into that later. And then, and then my last note before I hand it off to Alan is free Elvis Merzlikens. Alan will enjoy this. I saw another quote from their general manager and coach today, and it literally said the exact same thing as they said last week. They want to give Tarasov a run because of how the season's going and they don't want to risk Merzlikens getting hurt. But that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, I mean, at least in the past, there have been teams that have been like, oh, hey, this guy's a healthy scratch for trade reasons. Yeah, like, like at least just be honest about just it. Just like say it. Don't just keep saying the same sentence over and over and over again. That like, oh, we just don't want Elvis to get hurt and Tarasov could be our future and we want to give him a run because the season's going down the crapper. Like, just just say it. Like Alan said, we are trying to trade Elvis. Or at least if they could give him like NA or like out status so I could at least then <laughs> stash him and pick up someone well, else. I was going to say with your eight goalies in the listener league. Like you, you're you're burning a roster spot. Hey man, Elvis. that that Samsonov NA stash. I'm getting could pay off I'm, for me. I'm soon. getting just as bad as you. I have four now. I don't, I don't even know what's happening. But like, hey, the the lion did me did me right tonight with almost 50 saves against the Oilers, even though he lost. But I don't want to get more into goalie conversation. Alan, I will give you the wheel. Please take our listeners through how they can maximize their schedule and then our Taxi Squad streamer suggestions for next week. So first off, worth noting, Monday has 10 games, uh, so 20 teams playing, so it does not count as an off night, but still have pretty good odds probably of uh, fitting in some guys there. Uh, So the best schedules, you have Minnesota, New Jersey, and New York Islanders have four games of two off nights. Anaheim, Dallas, New York Rangers, Ottawa, Philly, Seattle, and Toronto all have four games with one off night. Detroit, not four games, but three games, and all of them are on the off nights this week. Honorable mention, Florida also has three games, and two of those are on off nights. The worst schedules, Columbus, Pittsburgh, and Winnipeg, all three of them have two games this week. Streamers, Dawson Mercer, uh, he had a goal tonight, center right wing, 31% owned, uh, with Jack Hughes out for at least a couple weeks. These line one, power play one. Anders Lee on New York Islanders, always a solid streaming opportunity there. Left wing, 30% owned. Line one, power play two, two points in his last three games. Before tonight anyway, provides shots and hits for you too. David Perron on Detroit, left wing, right wing, uh, 36% owned. Line one, supposedly power play two, but that's the unit with Larkin. So uh, it sounds like they're just trying to balance the units out. But he has four points in his last four games. I forget if he scored tonight at all. Goalies, first off, just go check. Alex Lyon, you know, 50 <sighs> saves tonight. Four, well, 4-1 four, in his last five starts before tonight. But, I mean, he, you know, kept Detroit in there, got them to OT. Nico Dawes on New Jersey, 8% owned. He's 2-1 and one in his last three since getting called up with uh, Akira Schmid in the minors. David Riddick, big save Dave on the Kings, 3% owned. He's also 2-1 in his last three starts with Copley out. And the Kings have a back-to-back to start the week, so you'll at least get that one start out of him. And then, like we were talking about earlier, keep your fingers close to the add button on Ronta and Dostal if Kochekov and Gibson are out with any kind of term because they're up. Out of those two, I'm taking Dostal. He's been great this year, to be perfectly honest. Like, he's actually been the better of the two goalies. And yes, I know Carolina's a better team and all that yeah, stuff. I was going to say, duh, yeah, but, Ronta's got the better but team Ranta, situation. Ronta's but. been hot garbage when he's been in that net. So that that oh, scares yeah. me. That's playing zero-G roulette. Well, and that's even been the problem with Kochekov is, yeah, he wins the games, but if you look at his number of 
shots faced, it, they try to really try to minimize the number of shots he faces. So those goals against on uh, Kachekov really hurt you. But big boy bangers, uh, Marcus Foligno on Minnesota, left wing, right wing, 11% owned. Nine hits in his two games back from injury. Nick Sealer on Philly, yeah, defensive and 12% owned. He covers hits, blocks, and shots. And then deep, deep cut on this one. I was kind of surprised uh, given like his body count. Matt Martin on the New York Islanders, left wing. He is 0% owned, which I don't think is possible. So I just said he is less than 1% owned. He has 16 hits in his last five games, including seven in his most recent game. Big boy banger alert. Big boy banger alert. (laughs) But that's it. I will hand it over to Jay to take us through the at least the first half of next week. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Um, Just to reiterate, I guess, even those teams that should be dropped, right? So those two game teams... Columbus, Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, like you should not have any Columbus players. Uh, They're not honestly good enough to be uh, holding permanent slots on your roster anyway, unless obviously, of course, you're in some dynasty league. And further, they had a terrible week 14 schedule with two games as well. So there shouldn't be any jackets on your team anyway. But yep, if they still are there, drop them now. Pittsburgh is in a similar situation with their two-game setup. If you're talking players on the cusp of droppable or not droppable, both Brian Rust and Ricard Raquel are hovering around 45% ownership. It isn't really a guarantee either of those players are going to get power play one time, specifically because each of those players infringes on the other on that right wing. So kind of a hit or miss which of those players is going to get the top juicy deployment and then further it's a hit or miss for either of those players if they're going to do anything on one of or if not both of those two games in week 15 so pittsburgh big big drop there monitor the goalie situation in pittsburgh actually because they only have two games next week but nadelkovic has been getting a ton of run so far compared to Jari. I think Jari's just not been playing very hot and very well, but Ned has. However, except tonight, Ned got shelled. I was like, not tonight, though, man. He got lit up. Yeah, so Did he get Ned pulled? got shelled, I'm sure and he got then pulled, right? Jari came in to to kind of shore up the team, and I didn't check how the score turned out. It was 3-3 when I last... They lost in overtime, but Jari kept them in it. It was 3-1 when Jari came in. It was 3-1. 3-1, Jari came in, but it's it's a lost game, basically, right? But Jari came back, and obviously, hopefully, for, I guess, on the Pens' side, hopefully Jari comes back long-term. And do you see Ned playing both games, or even one of the two games this coming week? Or do you think they'll roll with Jari? It's it's tough to know, but right now, Ned is the guy on 31%, and Jari's at, like, 85%. You're not going to get Jari. But Ned is one where on a bad schedule you want to drop because potentially he might not get a game if they decide this is the week they're going to roll back and give Jari the starts. Other potential drops for the other team. So there's Winnipeg, any guy that's hovering around that little bottom third, right? So Nino Niederreiter, 33% ownership. He's getting power play two time. Not even he's playing particularly well. The Jets in general are playing particularly well. It's just that their schedule doesn't favor them. Uh, Every one of these guys that you drop stands a chance of roaring back, but just just go see. Brendan Dillon, right? D2 pairing, no power play time, 37%. Exactly that sort of bubble player where you don't want to be holding on during these two-game weeks. Uh, Same thing with Brossois, right? Like He's not going to play very likely either of those games that... Winnipeg's going to have after you've dropped all these guys and hopefully you don't have a completely bare lineup staring straight back at you you're going to shore up your team with a couple of these win your week early matchups I know Alan mentioned that it's not a off night technically right because more than half the league plays on Monday but again if you target any Monday players you're going to get a ton of back-to-backs because a ton of the league plays on Monday and you you want to target the Monday, Tuesday back-to-back for an early stream that is going to help you. You got what? Anaheim, Colorado, LA, the Islanders, Seattle, and San Jose. I'm going to get San Jose off the back easy. Tomas Hurdle is only 42% owned. You can fall back on some 
San Jose Shark, some poor soul that is going to be on the power play one stuck there somewhere, some goalie that is going to be able to grab the start. There will be at least the San Jose team to rely on if you don't have any other Monday, Tuesday back-to-back. Don't forget, San Jose, we could have Couture back this coming weekend. He's yes. supposed to be back on So he's someone to keep an eye out on. He's supposed to be out back on Saturday. Yeah, he's center only, but yeah, again, someone to keep an eye on. Snag that man right now, listener, as you're listening to this, and pump him onto your IR or IR plus immediately and forget about him. That is Anaheim. Same boat as San Jose, except they have a guy called Frankie Vetrano. So aside from Frank Vetrano, like the entire team should be either 50% ownership or less or hovering in and abouts that round. So check who is available. Um, there's going to be a lot of lineup shuffling going on, especially with that Trisdale trade and with that Terry injury, uh, Zegers injury. Like it's it's a team that has a lot of unplanned topsy-turviness in addition to their planned topsy-turviness. And that's just great for you as a fantasy manager. But Lucas Dostal is definitely another player that definitely needs to be immediately added just for the potential run that he could get. But yeah, the other one is really in in a similar vein to San Jose. Whoever is available and can fit into your lineup for the Monday, Tuesday back-to-back grab, you don't necessarily need to hold Anaheim for the remainder of week 15, but at least the Monday, Tuesday reassess on Wednesday morning. Colorado's also got that back-to-back, and Jonathan Drouin still hovering at 28% ownership. He's still getting line one, power play one. I know Lekkinen is skating, but until we have confirmation that he's going to pop back into the lineup, you got to roll out right with what we've got. Ross Colton, Logan O'Connor, if your league is deep enough where Drouin is already owned. Shorthanded point master Logan O'Connor from the beginning of the season. Oh my goodness, 4% ownership too. So I mean, he's he's definitely gonna gonna be there, definitely. The Ross Colton probably is still there too. Prozvatov, I mean, second half of the back-to-back. I don't know, dude. Last start he got, he got lit up. Yeah, he did. And I forget who it Honestly, was. Honestly, both Colorado goalies have not been good for the last two weeks. Like, it's been gross in terms of goalie play for the Avs. Even the game with Georgiev, wasn't that a wasn't that an eight goal eight goal yeah, he, thrashing? He got fucking smashed in his last start. <laughs> smashed. <laughs> it it's a tough time, but at the same time, I mean, this is the Colorado Avalanche, right? They're not gonna play the next forty two games and be this garbage, right? At some point they'll have to turn around and it could have be this week. I I don't know. And that's why I think so. Anywho, he's getting the second half of the back to back. I'm not saying they're playing great. Odds are According to recent trends, it might not be. It might be a 50-50 shot, right? But, I mean, odds are, again, long-term, he's going to get the start, right? Back-to-back. You can't go worse, is what I'm trying to say, I suppose. L.A. doesn't have a ton of, I guess, scoring options, per se. But Matt Matt Waugh, 16% ownership. He does get any any power play time. But he gets just under two shots and hits a game. He gets just over two blocks a game. He's playing a back-to-back. Like He's the guy that will just safely secure you another, another extra oomph in categories and a couple extra points in your leagues. He's not going to likely be a week-to-week difference maker, but he's also unlikely to lose you the week with a start with random free skates. So... You might as well try him for a safe play. Uh, David Riddick, I know they're on a crazy, crazy losing streak right now. Elliot, this is what, seven straight losses? But at some point, you would assume they would win a game. And on a back-to-back, I mean, Riddick's going to get the start. The Islanders have a couple of players that are just low ownership but get high deployment, right? There's Anders Lee. He averages 15 minutes a night, so I know even though he gets power play two, sometimes flipping into power play one, he just doesn't play as much. I don't I don't know why this is a coaching decision of sorts or whatnot. Uh, Paul Mary's in a similar boat. He plays around 16 minutes a night. He also sometimes gets power play one, but he basically, I think, flips with Anders Lee. So it's a real question of do you need a left winger? If so, take Anders Lee. If you need a right winger, 
take Kyle Palmieri. Like, both of these guys are, what, 30% ownership? 6% ownership? Like, they should be there in most leagues. The Islanders, right? They also have a back-to-back. Depends on what your uh, team needs. Point of order as well. Varlamov is on IR. So, right now, it's basically Sorokin and Sorokin. I looked again, and there's some guy called Ken Appleby. I don't know if this is a Hildeby situation where... He's just going to sit there. He's just going to sit there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what happened with Martin he's gonna Jones... Wave, the... He's going to wave at people. He's gonna, hey, guys. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's it's brutal with the Martin Jones situation with uh, him starting back-to-backs and then winning because I am now untrustworthy in terms of all scenarios of goaltenders who are called up as backups with bonafide quote-unquote starting goalies there i i don't think i would pencil in sorokin to start both games immediately but check that box score if if sorokin has like 18 18 saves you know 18 saves on week 15 monday i i'm not entirely i don't know if i would bet against him starting the second half uh, second half of the back-to-back on Tuesday either. Like, if it's a pretty relatively fresh Monday game, I, I think they're just going to ride them on two straight nights. Uh, now, speaking of other goalies that would be in that same boat, Seattle, like, what? Jeez. DeCord has started, what, eight games in a row? Seven games in a row? Like, it's been a ton of starts as well, a ton of wins. If he's not our runner-up for 0G Hero G award winner this year... I don't know who is. Maybe the lion If it, at, when things are all said and done. But damn, without Decord, Seattle would not be where they are right now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, Seattle. Can you imagine? What a team to have an eight-game winning streak. And are they not still in a wild card spot, lo- too? And somehow lose ground well. to the Edmonton Oilers with their own nine-game winning streak. What a time. For the Pacific Division, my goodness, it's it's pretty, it's getting heated actually. With the LA Kings losing seven straight, that final wild card spot in the West is looking looking pretty damn spicy, to be honest. But if we're sticking with the Kraken, right? So they actually have a bunch of players that are hovering in and about that 35, 45 ownership window as well. Ely Tolvanen, uh, he's played hot the past few games, but has not gotten the He's not gotten the minutes and the deployment that you'd you'd I guess imagine. Uh, he's playing what line three, getting still power play two time. Uh, Bjorkstrand is kind of in a similar situation. Same line, line three. He gets power play one. These guys, they're what forty six percent owned, forty percent owned. The schedule favors them. So the best part is that they should be around for you to pick up, but. Are they necessarily players that you need to marry and keep onto your lineup forever? I would hesitate to say so, but definitely for week 15 early on, yes, pick these guys up, look for these guys. Adam Larson in a similar boat, 38% ownership. Um, He doesn't get any power play time, but hits and bangs. This is the week to get him. He does have a little bit of a sneaky point opportunity as well at even strength. He always seems to get a couple of points every week, and he's like... You know, usually on pace for 45 to 50 points, somewhere in that zone. So, like, he, I agree with you. Hits and blocks coverage big time. But you got a little sneaky, even shots on goal every once in a while. And sometimes he throws in an assist every every couple of games. So that's a sneaky depth defensive stream. I like that one, Jay. I like that one. You feel bad in some ways, right? This guy's forever going to be penciled in together with the trade for Taylor Hall, right? On the one-to-one Taylor Hall trade. And he's just not that kind of player. You look at his offensive deploy, uh, offensive output, right? 40 games played, two goals, nine assists. Like, this guy is... He's just not an offensive juggernaut. But, I mean, holy smokes. He's basically at us. He's basically hitting 70s across the board. 70 shots, 70 hits, 70 blocks. Like, you don't get these sort of players giving this much peripheral category coverage across the board. You want these guys on your team. Now, okay, I don't want to go overboard and end up sounding and singing these guys' praises. Like, obviously, at 38% ownership, there are a ton of other guys that are more worth their metal and weight in terms of offensive production. But, heck, yeah, 
Great schedule right now. Make sure you take for a Monday, Tuesday setup. Definitely grab Larson and look for him. Now, Monday, what, Monday, Tuesday is the Monday, Tuesday back to back is not the only thing to target. Obviously, there's the Monday, Wednesday, and the Friday off nights. Uh, you could have uh, Dawson Mercer, for example. I know Alan already mentioned him. He's, again, worth re mentioning simply for the fact that. Jersey doesn't really have a ton of streamable guys that are going to get, you know, top deployment. Uh, Mercer is really the only guy worth re-mentioning. It depends on your leagues and what's counted, but maybe even, like, Michael McLeod's been having a pretty hot time. Uh, Eric Halla's been able to contribute here and there, uh, but you're really looking fringe-wise if you're taking either of those players. Florida's also got the Monday, Wednesday, Friday off-night schedule. Evan Rodriguez is, you know, still a fantasy unicorn. He gets power play two. That team is on a nine-game winning streak. Hopefully, some of that scoring comes by. Nico Mikola is probably your closest equivalent if you're looking and missing out on the Adam Larson peripherals sweepstakes. Uh, he's not quite as good. He's everything almost toned down. He gets the, you know, 51 shots. He gets 70 hits and, you know, almost like 65 blocks. He, he's he's basically, you know, like a light version of Adam Larson. Don't forget the almighty Gustav Forsling. He is also readily available and has much more point upside than Nico Mikela. So that's a, that's another honorable mention from the Florida side of things. Oh, Gustav Forsling. Yeah, absolutely. I It hurts me and pains me a little to say, but I mean, technically, Oliver Ekman Larson is also on power play too. So if you're really desperate and really are hunting for some, I don't know, maybe some leagues with power play upside, Oliver Ekman Larson is still kind of floating around, fringing around too. I think he actually had the game winner against the Avalanche all those night uh, in that 8-4 burn burner a couple nights ago. And again, also on all these teams, not saying in particular without a back-to-back, but if a team is on a nine-game winning streak, you always have to check the net. You always have to see who's there. I know Bob's definitely playing, but Anthony Stellars, he's still getting in through. If you need to start, spot start him. Yeah, don't like keep in mind that the these teams that are on tears and streaks, you want some exposure to any of those players. Now, some of these teams don't have the Monday, Wednesday, Friday off night set up, but they do at least have the Monday, Wednesday off night. So Montreal's there. Uh, the Devils also, obviously, if they have the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the Panthers also have the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But just because they have the Monday, Wednesday, let's also cover the other two teams that play on Monday, Wednesday, Buffalo and Montreal. For Montreal, you if you're looking in net, I mean, it's a wild rotation. Just check whomever is starting. But also, the Monahanasons. He did nothing but the game right before and the game prior to that. He scored a goal in each. I don't think he scored tonight. Okay, so it's two goals in the past three games, which is still pretty damn good. That's 66% of the games. Just ignore the previous games where he did absolutely nothing. But line three, power play one, 16% ownership for power play one for a stream. Heck yeah. He is in trade rumors currently. Watch out for that if he does land somewhere different with better players around him. But yeah, Jay, not to float, you know, burst your bubble on the Monahanasans. He did skate 18 minutes, 13 seconds tonight, but he only had one shot on goal. And and li- literally, that's it. Like, he, there's no other stat for him other than the single shot on goal. And and they did lose to, to San Jose somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to put it out here, listeners. I think there are... Um, I, I threw some football references before, so I'll try another. There are some players that are kind of in the James Conner style setup that themselves play immensely and are on absolute shit-staining teams. And I, I don't want, you know, like the Habs fans to roll out here and say me, Jay, as a Leafs fan, you know, was shitting on the Habs no more. That's not what I mean, but to some degree... Sean Monaghan may not have gotten power play one opportunities on every single one of the 32 teams in the NHL. Let's just be frank and straightforward about that right now. At the same time, 
Sean Monahan's in the boat of you want him because of the power play one. The power play one does not necessarily want the Monahanissance. So monitor where he ends up because truthfully, the trade might benefit Sean, but the trade might not benefit you if you happen to be holding Sean. His pace of his Monahanissance has significantly slowed over the past month he's only on a 49 point pace and a 22 goal pace now his last five games he has three points but he only has in those in those three uh, still pretty decent shot rate but he's shooting he's shooting 25 percent in those last five games it might be almost mana over if that is a word (laughs) (laughs) i mean he i'm I'm pointing out at the end it's the monday wednesday off night less so sean in particular because i'm looking further at my goodness the last 14 days and the other guy was going to recommend on montreal jiraj slavkovsky yikes three assists five shots just go check on nick suzuki and if he ain't there (laughs) Uh, I have an honorable mention from the Montreal Canadiens, but he's only for category coverage. If you're looking for points and Nick Suzuki ain't there, it's just time to turn the page because Matheson's not available. So you can't even just go check on him at this point because he's there. Him and Suzuki are their two best players this season by far and the most fantasy relevant. Other than I'm going to give a nod to Montembeau, who's actually been pretty damn good behind a crappy team and in an, a three goalie rotation like he had a 916 tonight in a losing effort uh and 37 saves i did look at the past two weeks and my goodness there might be one more name we're adding to this list who the heck is david savard he used to play on he's like uh, he's like 45 years old uh. <laughs> well maybe part of that age process is that he can't get out of the way of the puck because my goodness 29 blocks and seven hits seven games well now you're gonna make me say my honorable mention for block coverage and he's actually like i actually love this kid Caden guile is a fucking sick young defenseman he had 10 blocks in their last game on tuesday night like that is wild and he's got a little bit of sneaky points upside as well, just from an even strength standpoint. But I just like him as a, a up-and-coming young defenseman. Gets no power play time or anything like that, but does have a little bit of hits and blocks coverage. But yeah, David Savard, a 100-year-old man doing things. He's too slow to get out of the way of the puck. Yeah. <laughs> he's, sl- he's been able to slow the game down so much that he can... Sorry, we shouldn't make fun of him because he's actually five years younger than me. So yeah, that's right. He's Stanley Cup champion, David Savard. He's, he's thirty-three years old. Okay, but he has been around the league for a long time. He was drafted in two thousand and nine in the fourth round. So he's been he's been around. For point of order, I do suppose David Savard. If you ever listen to our fantasy hockey podcast, I want you to know, congratulations! You are an absolute legend for having made it into the NHL. You're top of your craft. Just, hey, he's got a he's got a ten year career, man. Good, no, thirteen years. Sorry, thirteen year career. So good for him. We are just shooting the shit here on a Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday off night setup for Montreal, where we're really scraping the barrel for some fantasy value here. Just, just talking, David Savard, man, block king of the Montreal Canadiens, right? Block king, and and yeah. to Allen's credit, former Stanley Cup champion. So <laughs> now. Buffalo is the other Monday, Monday, Wednesday off night team, and they are far more interesting in terms of fantasy, I guess, excitement. Uh, there's JJ Paterka. My goodness, 18% ownership, power play two time. And it sounds like with Skinner out that JJ is uh, next man up. Grab JJ Paterka. That should at least be 38% ownership, especially with the off night schedule. He was on the top power play tonight, and then you're going to get a bump most likely to Dylan Cousins or Jack Quinn with Tage now day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. Uh, My guess would be it's going to be Cousins that gets line one, uh, but it could be Quinn or Cousins on power play one. Uh, Or Casey Middlestat? He's already on power play one, so he has been all season. 
if 27% ownership and Craig saying they were on Power Play 1 wasn't enough, go snag Casey Middlestat right now with Tage being out. Cousins as well. But Cousins actually, with his dual eligibility, might have already gotten him up. He's at 51%. Paterka, Middlestat, Cousins. Cousins is one of those guys, kind of like Matt Boldy. All his underlying numbers say he should be doing a lot more than he's doing. So perhaps even a short-term run with Tage out uh, could be beneficial for Dylan Cousins, who had an exceptional season last year. He just hasn't really got to that level this year. Other than Paterka, yes, I like that. Just because he's getting opportunity now with Skinner out, I would definitely lean Cousins over Middlestat. Middlestat is just kind of pucks bounce off of him and then he ends up with like secondary assists <laughs> i don't know if you want to chase those in terms of pucks bouncing off of them too like puck luck is a huge part of it and puck luck has not honestly benefited buffalo very well this entire season pucks bounce of anything off of the next guys and into the net not in a good way like upl devin levi devin levi had so many people uh, riding the train early, and I guess the hype and the fervor, and it's really died down a little bit now. He's dropped below 50% ownership. UPL's at 17% ownership. I was looking. They've, they've definitely split the starts enough where I think the value is roughly equal between the two of them in terms of their play and, I guess, actual points generated, wins generated. They actually literally have... Both 19 games played, both 19 starts, both eight wins each. Like, they are literally mirrors of each other. The only difference is that their ownership percentages are drastically different. So UPL won tonight, too, even though they almost blew it. And Levi got lit up on Tuesday. They quickly, the, the Sabres went from, could they be the New Jersey of last year, to the no, they don't. Uh, of this year very quickly unfortunately for everybody that bought into what the sabers could be they almost blew the game tonight and lost to the senators who have been you know they won 5-3 but they were up 4-1 and almost lost because they're the sabers although the last team who we will mention now obviously uh in terms of other parts in the strategy so buffalo was the last team in the monday wednesday off night and there are no Tuesday, uh, I guess, sorry, not no Tuesdays. Montre Montreal also holds the Tuesday and Wednesday back-to-back. -back. So if you want to go back to listening to all that parts, right, like just go check who's available in Montreal. I know Craig was absolutely correct, really, in the fact that you're looking for, is Nick Suzuki still in my league? Oh, he's not? Okay, well, let's move on to a different team then. But if you're desperate, try some of those guys like, I mean, if you really want Savard, he's going to be there and available in your league to get for some defensive stats. But that's targeting the Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back. The only other value would be to target your Wednesday-Friday off nights. And if you wanted to target a Wednesday-Friday off night, pivot back to the four teams here. Right? There's Jer New Jersey, Chicago, Detroit, and Florida. Florida and New Jersey, we already covered Chicago is such a clusterfuck right now with the injuries that you're really, really just... Man, you're you're really hoping that Mrazek happens to win one of the don't two nights. Don't stream anybody from Chicago. Just just don't. I mean, just they did win yourself. tonight. No, it doesn't matter. I don't, just don't do it. I apologize. Mrazek put up a heroic performance in his valiant loss tonight. He, do, he does he does that from time to time, but then they still lose anyways. So cool. You want to chase a Mrazek start? You yeah. know, God's God's speed. Good luck. <laughs> Aside from that, just stay away from Chicago. Now, the other team, however, that actually did do what Buffalo was unable to was Detroit. Now, Detroit also has concentrated scoring. Um, I know uh, Craig mentioned Rawr, the Lion Man, but yes, he absolutely is playing possessed, right? It's brutal. 44 saves going into the overtime period. He made, he finished with 48, and they lost 3-2. Uh, and he doesn't come away with the win like Detroit. Come 
on. However, at the same time, right, they lost to the Oilers, literally the hottest team in hockey right now. Who can blame the team? Who can blame Lion, right? You can't blame the team for bringing the best team in hockey at the moment to the overtime period or the fact that Lion was, you know, able to rock off 48 saves. Uh, Take that team, especially take Lion. That guy has what? It's six starts in a row, three consecutive wins. and Dare, Dare we say he's playing like the main man in Detroit with a luxurious main supporting him <laughs> oh my goodness now listener you can judge which of these puns is terrible because the other one <laughs> i was gonna go with was jake wallman as a sub starter who got seven blocks so now he's at 111 blocks on the season and i was saying if you need blocks grab this wall of a man so judge for yourself which of these should puns we call him the the wall arena moving forward because he's so fancy with his feet and his ability to block the puck. Oh, the wall arena. (laughs) Yes. This setup so far, at least has you covered listener for a variety of different streaming options, a variety of different back to backs or off night setups and streams. There is a ton of strategy available in week 15. It is a beautiful streaming week. However, at the same time, you can't hard commit to one without, I guess, uh, conflicting a little bit with the other. So really just check, obviously, your own lineup. Check your own week. See what is going to be available, who is going to be needed to be dropped. And if there's any one team somehow that is going to be the heavy target to snag, I would say if you have limited drops, you need a New Jersey Devil or you need a Florida Panther, mainly because your limited ads, your limited weeks, you need to maximize off nights. And unfortunately, those two teams don't really have tons of players that are great for singular ads or drops. Uh, But those are the players and teams that should be monitored. If you have many ads, then I would say definitely try to target some back-to-backs. And back-to-backs have some more richer options and lineups. Um... I would definitely say, for example, in Colorado, like if you can get access to that red hot power play one with Druen, get on that. Or if you can even tap into some of the underowned Seattle players like Tolvanen or Bjorkstrand, like get ready. And I would say get ready early if possible. Um, Buffalo as well, right? With those off night setups and that sweet, sweet. Um, I almost said sweet, sweet injury. That sounded terrible. (laughs) But with the injury options available in Buffalo, then those players and their stock values just float and rise to the top, right? So tons of different options, tons of different choices. Um, But I'll throw them back to you, Craig. Yeah, I think this week is a very interesting streaming week. Uh, And before we get into our streamers of the week from the Taxi Squad and our check-in on our streaming, our face-off between the four of us, I think you also have to consider some streaming holds from this week, just based on the uh, schedule and the teams that are actually essentially carrying over the four game schedule. And I just wanted to hit on a couple of those honorable mention considerations. And this potentially allows you to open up an additional streaming spot for some of those streamers that we've mentioned, either from our top streamers of the week being Dawson Mercer, Anders Lee and David Perron. Or if you need those stat guys that Jay said, the deeper cuts or the big boy bangers. But you can also hold guys like Tyler Sagan, Mason Marchment, Alexis Lefeniere, Owen Tippett, Joel Faraby, Sean Couturier, all from this week if you stream those guys and hold them going into this week, especially in the early stages especially guys like Tyler Sagan and Owen Tippett, who are red hot right now. You can also look at somebody like Daniel Sprong or or Troy Terry, who's still quite under-owned, and he's been heating up uh, quite, quite a bit. And that takes us to our Streamers of the Week, boys. But we want to do a little check-in uh, to see where our Streamers of the Week from this week are and how that impacts our streaming face-off. So last week, as a reminder, my Streamers of the Week were Morgan Geeky and Alexis Lafiniere. Matty K took Marcus Johansson and Mason Marchment. Alan had Joel Faraby and Matt Duchesne. And Jay had Tyler Sagan and Brock Faber or for this week. Uh, so, And we are on Thursday, so we're going to have to check this 
going into next week, maybe on quick fares or maybe on the weekend preview to see who actually gets the points in the standings. But right now, it looks like it's going to be between myself and Jay for top spot from a streaming perspective in week 14 with Alan, I would say, currently edging Matty K just because Marcus Johansson has done Jack doo-doo. We did do him a little dirty. He got the scrubs from <laughs> from last week because we forgot to ask him before we recorded. Now, that takes us to our streamers of the week for week 15 that we'll be targeting or holding uh, in some cases for our fantasy teams and that we will be putting place head-to-head against one another in our streamer face-off. Jay, because yours are interesting and very risky, I'm going to let you go first because this might result in you getting zero points in the (laughs) face-off. I think definitely I didn't realize that we could have held on to an existing streamer. I definitely consider holding on to You put no no, you put it down on paper already. You can't you can't take back your streamers. Nope. I watched them type it in the dock. <laughs> yeah. Watch them type it right now. <laughs> so the the big one I was gonna consider was if it was holding a streamer, then I'd probably hold on to Brock Faber. My goodness, this guy's been playing half the game. Are you allowed to play half the game? Like this is this is ridiculous on the guys, especially when we're talking about all the groin preventions because However, because i came up with the streamer face off i'm going to allow this alan just because his two selected streamers for this week are exceptionally sus- suspect so if he wants to if he wants if he wants to hold faber if he wants to hold faber i'll allow it i've given context <laughs> but i honestly have such a sucker for this schedule. i mean one of them one of them did all right tonight i think one of them got on the board i'm such a sucker for the schedule that i'm gonna double back and say no matter what we're going for the other two guys because we believe in the off night schedule this might be if like you're in a 16 team league jay but this is the streaming face-off and it's it's only four teams, so you you might want to take that into consideration. Even though I'm going to say something after we name our streamers of the week, so that we we're all on the same page moving forward. Because there is an asterisk from this week's streamers of the week that I want to be clear on, and but I'm going to allow it because we haven't really cleared all the rules yet. So carry on, Jay. Go ahead. I'm going to say the two streamers of streaming are Michael McLeod from the New Jersey Devils and Eric Halla. From the New Jersey Devils. And yeah, they're, I don't know if they're incredible, so to speak. But listener, keep in mind that all those guys, you can't you can't keep them all, but you're going to get those off nights. Take Michael McLeod and Eric Halla. There can be only one. Hey, hey, listeners out there, if you've made it this far in the episode and you're going to ride with Jay, please let us know in the Taxi Squad hotline channel in the Discord or message me on... Twitter. I mean, Eric, Eric Hula makes a little sense. Like we've kind of recommended him before, but that was beginning of the season when there was, you know, who else do you pick up on that team? I, I appreciate that Jay resp- really goes after the optimization of the schedule. So let's get, let's, okay. So Michael McLeod and Eric Hula from the New Jersey Devils are Jay's streamers of the week. Alan, hit the listeners with yours. Yeah, I'm drinking my own Kool-Aid here. I'm going Dawson Mercer and David Perron. All right, so you heard Allen's there, Dawson Mercer of the New Jersey Devils and David Perron of the Detroit Red Wings. And I'm going to do Matty K's before I do mine. Matty K submitted Anders Lee and Casey Middlestat, respectively, and he got first crack, so he's right in the mix this week. Uh, And I am doing what I'm suggesting the listeners consider. If you have him, I'm going to hold Tyler Sagan and ride that hot streak directly into the sun until it burns me and then i'm gonna go to the second hottest team in the league and put my money where my mouth is because i still believe in him and he's still getting line one deployment with barkoff and reinhardt i'm gonna go to my boy and on yours mr evan rodriguez of the florida panthers and he is gonna come through next week with some damn points not just shots on goal it's happening you book it right now so Streamers of the week from the Taxi Squad, myself, Tyler Sagan of the Dallas Stars and Evan Rodriguez of the Florida Panthers, Matty Kay, Anders Lee of the New York Islanders and Casey Middlestad of the Buffalo Sabres. 
Allen, Dawson Mercer of the New Jersey Devils, and David Perron of the Detroit Red Wings, and Jay, Michael McLeod, and Eric Halla of the New Jersey Devils for your Week 15 Streamers of the Week from the Taxi Squad. And we will update you come next week on the standings of the Taxi Squad Streamer Faceoff. Boys, that's it. Thank you for your time and your insights. I hope you listeners out there have found it helpful, uh, these week previews. We sure enjoy bringing them to you, and let's go get those Ws in week 15. So thank you, as always, for listening. We appreciate your ears out there in listener land. Please give us a like, a subscribe, and a five-star rating wherever you get your fine podcasts. Uh, It truly does help get the shows and episodes and channels out to fresh ears. Uh, Join us in the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Discord. If you're not in there already, we welcome all that are like-minded hockey fantasy hockey individuals. There is currently more than 2,500 of us in that community talking all things fantasy hockey and life in general. You can find all four of us within there actively interacting with you guys. Follow us all on Twitter slash X. You can find our handles in the show notes. Uh, If you're interested there, you can also reach us through DM on Twitter slash X if you have any fantasy hockey questions. Follow along with uh, Mike Rogerson and the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Guide, uh, the limited series to help those that are new at uh, fantasy hockey and those that are new at commissioning leagues. We will be back, myself and Matty K and Jay, for Week 14 Quick Fairs. That's it, boys. Jay, let's park that van cab. Let's turn off those fares. We will say goodnight for now. Thank you again for listening. It's all love. Good night, everybody. Let's go lace some bio steel with HGH. We'll pick you up later. Free Elvis Merzlikens. And my God, do I love the wall arena that is fucking gold <laughs>